nothing I enjoy more than being a walking contradiction. Now I'm an atheist with a guilty conscience. You are going to be editing overtime this week. Welcome to How We Saw It. On this spine-tingling episode, we discuss the master of the macabre, Stephen King. I am Mike, and as always, the trash can man to my Stuart Redmond, the evil force to my rural main town, Aaron. <laughs> What's happening, everybody? Hey, if you dig what we're doing, and we hope that you do, please leave us a review and then come on over to our Facebook group and hang out. We release all of our episode info right there. And if you'd like to check out my blog where I talk politics, go to thevoiceinbetween.wordpress.com. See, I generally pick the lesser or the more evil of the two for myself, but this week I decided you get to play that role. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> and now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, What's Keeping You Sane? Anything new on the horizon this last week? I guess it wouldn't be on the horizon, would it? No, not really. It would have already, been, already yeah. been passed, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but let me say right away for anybody that's like, hey, why does this sound a little bit different? It's because I'm not recording in my normal spot. So if I sound like I'm talking to you on like an old cell phone or something, uh, I promise I'm right there with you. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's no different than usual. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's see. Might as well start off with the, uh, with the big one, which was I finished all seven seasons, finally, of Tales from the Crypt. Wow. Finally. Last night, we sat down, and I was like, I need to finish this, at least before we record. Now, I was thinking, like, the next episode, because uh, I wanted to update everybody, but I, we managed to finish it off last night. Uh, I still love the show a great deal. It, it's fun. It's uh, it's everything I remember it being. And that includes the, the seventh season, which is everything I remember it being, which is boring and out of place. Uh, there were there were a few good episodes. Like, I think there was probably 12 or 13 total. Um, and it was much more hit and miss than than previous seasons. It was cool to see uh, like actors and actresses that I recognized from other stuff that or or uh, people that really weren't famous at all at the time. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Like we mentioned Daniel Craig and uh, Ewan McGregor and, and people like that. Uh, but on a whole, I don't know, like seventh season just felt odd to me. Like it was just slow and it wasn't as funny. And I don't know. I don't get it. Like what do you, what do you, like I know you watched a bunch of them back. What did, what did you think watching the seventh season back? I was still, it just felt too not of the same ilk. Right? It didn't feel like Tales from the Crypt at all. It felt like they were trying something new and it was just, it was too late to do that. Mm hmm Like there were some ideas in episodes that I really, really liked, but I, on a whole, like it just kind of fell, it just kind of fell flat. But like, if you're interested in the show, go, go, go watch it on your own. Like, you know, don't take my word for it. It's just my opinion on it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I saw the remake of Child's Play yesterday. How's that? And uh, I loved it, actually. Like, I don't want, it's not better than the first, so calm down, everybody. Um, <laughs> it's completely different. You can't even put them in the same category. Like, they did away with the voodoo stuff. Um, Mark Hamill did a fantastic job as uh as chucky and the kid that they had playing 
Andy did a really good job. I liked the cast. Uh, no, Bill's, it, what? Did it feel like a Black Mirror episode? I've heard that comparison a lot. Uh, you know, I hadn't thought about it until you just mentioned it, but yeah, I would say it kind of did a little bit. Um, I don't want to, like, I would, I would go into how things happen, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody that's right. going to go out and, and, and watch it. Um, I would just say any kind of preconceived notions that you have going into this movie, uh, based on your watching and love or dislike of the original, just leave them at the door. This is an entirely new, uh, franchise basically mm -hmm. um but it was fun it was a lot of fun the kills were brutal uh much more brutal than the original uh which i really kind of appreciated uh it was very self-aware it was funny uh and it i ah oh, god damn it i can't tell you something like the, the like <laughs> I'll have to, in a couple of weeks when it's been like when it's not in the theater anymore then i'll fucking spoil it <laughs> um so I, I won't do it now um Game's done quick. What did you think? Three million dollars. Three million dollars, dude. Thousand donations averaging to sixty dollars per person. It's crazy. Crazy. I was uh I was really impressed. Like I kept saying to myself, like, man, wouldn't it be wild if they actually beat three million dollars? Because usually they get in like the two millions, and that's kind of where it where it caps yeah, off. Two point one this time, was the record previous. They kind of blew past so they beat that by by a million. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a good one this year though. I watched a lot of it, uh, and actually, Game Stone Quick ties into my Pluto plug, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, what did you? Uh, was there anything you saw that you really that you really liked that stood out for you? Not surprisingly, the Mario relay lay I was looking forward to was awesome, and I loved it. Dude, it was intense. Mm -hmm. And the finale was the last game. Chrono Trigger was a lot more inter interesting than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be because yeah. it was six hours, and I was like, "Oh my god!" But the guy was it's like, "How how interesting can it be for six hours?" Yeah. But the guy was a machine. He was like, he's just basically a robot up there, <laughs> right. irritating robot. <laughs> there was a run of uh, Zelda's A Link to the Past that had been uh, mixed up with Super Metroid. Yeah. The the randomizer. the randomizer yeah uh the guys that i think it was this one anyway the guys that were playing and the people that they had on the couch were hands down the most entertaining <laughs> people i've ever seen like they were funny they were like intelligent and witty and usually like i don't want to like i feel bad kind of saying this but usually the couch and the people talking or talking is not their their first profession right. Like, you can kind of tell that they're not quite comfortable with it. Um, that was not the case with, with this one. They were they were fantastic. I, I would I will probably subscribe to their Twitch channel just based off of how they play. Mm. Um, but anyway, to tie into my Pluto plug, so uh, whatever night they did Resident Evil and Silent Hill 3, they were on, like, considerably later in the evening. And we had been watching games done quick you know we watched like the whole week pretty much um and you know like i gotta get up for work in the morning so i have to go to bed at like a somewhat reasonable hour and the two games that we really wanted to see the silent hill 3 and the resident evil weren't on until like dumb late uh 
So so Jen is just like, well, you know, uh, with a fire stick, you could you could watch Twitch. <laughs> I'm like, uh, all right. Well, what do I need a fire stick for on my TV? It's it's she's like, no, I'm talking about the one upstairs. So we bought a fire stick uh, specifically because we wanted to watch speed runs. <laughs> um, but Pluto TV has an app on the fire stick. Mm-hmm. So if you've been listening to this and going like, well, how can I watch? There you go. Get yourself a fire stick if you don't have one already. It was like 30 bucks. Um, and the app on the fire stick is way better than the one on my TV and the one on, uh, well, both of the ones on my TV because that's what it runs through. But, uh, like you can set up favorite channels. You can, uh, you can get rid of channels or like not hide them so you don't have to see channels that you're not going to watch. Uh, it was like super easy to set up. And as soon as game is done, quick ended, like we just started falling asleep through Pluto TV. <laughs> so, uh, so if you're looking to get a fire stick and you've been looking for a reason to do it, go do that because, uh, Pluto TV is awesome. And, uh, that's what kept me sane. What kept you sane? Okay, to understand my sane, you're going to have to understand the weight I personally put into fictional universes in their canon. You know, you've got to understand, I was thrown into a depressive episode with Disney acquired Star Wars because they erased all the books from canon. It took me years to get over that, and it still pains me that Mara Jade is not canon. Well... Last year, Disney did it to me again with Darkwing Duck and the DuckTales reboot. They they have Gizmo Duck, who's a superhero in that universe, but Darkwing Duck was a TV show. Oh, so it was like a show with the Yeah, so Darkwing Duck okay. didn't exist. Right. Well, the last episode of the second season, motherfucking Drake Mallard got an origin story where he is motherfucking Darkwing Duck with one fact. <laughs> That's awesome. So that was totally kept me sane for the week. That's great. Darkwing Duck is like your uh, it's like your jam uh-huh. pretty much. <laughs> so Darkwing Duck is now real again in a, in a fictional universe of an animated show. You don't have to, you don't have to <laughs> pretend like you were the only one that remembered it. Mm-hmm. Like, you were almost living that Beatles movie where you woke up one day and no one remembered who Darkwing Duck was except you. <laughs> you almost had to become Darkwing Duck. Who knows, baby? I am. Maybe you are. Anyway, <laughs> that's my thing. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. Other than that, I just watched games done quick. Right. Sounds about my week. Did you have any that you started watching and you were like, this is terrible, I'm turning it off? Uh, Some I got bored with, but nothing like that was terrible. For me, it's never like the game itself. That's not true. Sometimes it's the game itself. Um, a lot of times if it, the person talking isn't, isn't any good at it or they're kind of irritating <laughs> or something, it takes me right out of it. Uh, so it could be a game that I really want to watch. And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, this guy's an idiot. I'm not watching this. And then off it goes. I did get a little bummed though, because I thought that link to the past run was a full link to the past run. Mm -hmm. 
So I got all excited, like, yeah, my favorite Zelda game. And then it was like, Metroid, Super Metroid. What the fuck is this? <laughs> like, but I, it was, I have to admit, it was far more entertaining than I expected it was going to be. Definitely. Okay. Are you taking it away? I guess I am taking it away. All right, Fright fans. Here we go. The Stephen King episode. Uh, as always, we don't do big uh, we don't do big info dumps here. Uh, I, I assume that it's it's 2019, and uh, you are probably aware of who Stephen King is. <laughs> if you're not, just just turn us off. <laughs> like we're not gonna we're not gonna give you any new info. Go find out and then come. Back. Um. But anyway, he's the father of horror, basically. Like I'm sure that's arguable, but I don't care so much. <laughs> Uh, to me, he's the father of horror. Um, so then let's start off with the books. Uh, the, the list is pretty much fucking endless. Like it's like a, it's like a who's who of like classic horror tales. You got your Carrie's and Christine's and Cujo's and pet cemeteries and it and the Tommy knockers and the stand and the gunslinger books and Jesus Christ Firestarter And I, I, it, the, the, the nice thing is since we're recording, up, I'm upstairs. I can see my Stephen King book from here. Uh, the downside is that I'm old and my eyes don't work quite like they used to. So I can see the books, but I can't read the books. Uh, so they're there, uh, like, you know, kind of in spirit, I guess. Um, you are much more of a reader than I am. Uh, what was your first introduction to Stephen King novels? We'll get to we'll get to movies later. Oh, it was it. I, okay. my cousin had taken it out and he was showing me all the naughty parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was my introduction to the books of Stephen King. And of course, saw the miniseries shortly after and then I tried yeah. reading it. I was too young to read it. And then I think the first one I read straight through was Christine. Okay. That's a good one to start with, honestly, I think. Like, it is a hard book, it's so big. Like it's kind of a daunting mm. task, but uh, did you get sucked in right away, or was it kind of a like? Did you have to work on it a little? For bit? For Christine, I had to work on it. I read that, and then I started. I like I remember I, the librarian was a young dude, and he like showed me the short story collections. So I read those. There was like The Running Man, The Long Walk, all those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got too. more into that. Because he's definitely, I would almost say his short stories are more his strong suit. I think so. At least his, uh, at least, that's not to say post, I, I dislike post the book. drugs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The sober <laughs> years were definitely uh, better for the short stories. Um, were your parents cool with it, or was it kind of like, were they not hot on you reading stuff like that? That I, they didn't really, they never read them, so they didn't know. That was horror was not a genre for them, and so okay. they didn't understand the books or what what content was in them. You know, yeah. did the, so it almost kind of know, worked out better. Dime, yeah. Horror was a dime store novel. I, a dime store I novel, yeah. Be. Right. 
And then you went to it. Yeah. <laughs> that one scene. <laughs> you know, I heard that they're... Um, right, yeah, of course, I'm forgetting the name of the character. Uh, the character that they talk about that got murdered in the beginning of it, the one that got cut out and everybody was really pissed mm -hmm. off about it. Uh, I heard that he's actually being brought into the second part of the movie. Mm. Like, I don't know if it, I'm assuming it would be some sort of like a, like a flashback sequence or somebody telling a story of something that happened in, in Derry. But, now, you, but I thought that was cool that they're finally bringing that. Do you mean the, in the beginning where the gay, the gay couple? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess they're bringing that in. Cause I know there was a lot of people that were kind of cheesed that they left it out. Um, do you have any, uh, do you have any favorite books? Because I'm assuming at this point you've read considerably more. Right. For me, the one I've read the most and I enjoy the most is not even a horror story. It's uh, In the Eyes of the Dragon. Mm -hmm. I love that book. It's a it's more of a, it's a it's fa classic. fantasy fairy tale type. Yeah. Novel. Yep. I don't see it talked about much, but it's definitely my favorite of King's works. I think Jen, it's, I want to say it's the first one that Jen read and I want to say it's also mm. her favorite. So it's definitely, it's, I feel like it's one of those books that like, uh, your, your more hardline King fans know it. Like, I feel like your casual fans, it may have just gotten kind of brushed to the mm. wayside. Cause it wasn't horror. Like for me. Yeah. Cause it's not horror really. Like for me, my first was, uh, this was kind of hard to figure out, actually, because I remember taking Pet Cemetery out of the library in school, but I don't remember reading that copy of the book. Like, I read parts of it, but I wasn't, like, for me, it was almost like I, I, I liked the idea of being into Stephen King more than actually sitting down and reading right, the yeah. book. Um, yeah, like, it's it's kind of just like, you know, people all go, oh, you're reading Stephen King, <laughs> oh, oh, you know. So, I mean, eventually I did obviously read the book, and uh, it's, a, it's a classic book. But uh, my first Stephen King book that I actually remember reading the entire thing is the graphic novel Creepshow. And I was obsessed <laughs> with that book. I must have taken it out of the library. Like, like if there was a two-week period that you could keep the book, I would keep it until the very last day. I would bring it back and then take it mm. again if I could. Um, the, the artwork was so good. Uh, just that it had that like pulp horror comic kind of style, very Tales from the Crypt, I guess you could say. Um, I was just, I, I read it, like I would read it like three or four times in a row. I'd go up in my room and I'd like put TV on and be reading the book and finish it and then go have dinner and come back and finish it again. Um, and the movie of course is a favorite as well. Uh, I also really liked uh, Cycle of the Werewolf, which was also kind of a smaller, weirder Stephen King book. I think it was I think I read somewhere that it was supposed to be part of like a it was supposed to be like a monthly anthology. Like it was supposed to be pieced together over the course of like 12 months wow. or something like that. And the I, the idea fell through or something didn't pan out. So they took the artwork that they had and they took whatever he had written and they just, they, they put the book out. Um, and then 
I didn't read a lot of Stephen King anymore when I was in high school. I still, I still liked the movies. I still enjoyed what I had read of his. Um, I had a bad experience with the, the book Insomnia. Uh, I got a vicious migraine while I was mm. reading it one time. And I did that like learned diversion kind of thing where I just associated that book with a fucking, I think I've mentioned it before. Um, it took me years to go, I still have the same copy of the book. It took me years to go back and reread it. Um, what I did end up doing though was, uh, I dated somebody that was about as hardcore of a Stephen King fan as you could ever possibly imagine so i was kind of inundated with king like 24 7 um i went i would go to the bookstore in the mall and i would just buy up like i would just go and i would buy like two or three stephen king books i hadn't read them yet but i was like piecing the mm -hmm. collection together so eventually I, I was current i had everything that he had written up until that point and then i read them in chronological order like, so I started at Carrie and I just kept going until I caught up. And I remember, uh, somebody saying to me, like, how the fuck can you read the first gunslinger book and not dive right into the second one? Like you have it right there. How the hell are you doing this? And I think my response was basically like, well, no one else got to read them right after each other. Like if you were, if you were a fan, like you read the first gunslinger book and then you had to wait for the second one. So that's what I was going to do, was going to wait for the second one. And I did it. I read them all in chronological order. And, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of proud of myself, honestly. Like it was a, it was a fun little experiment and, uh, it, it slogged a bit in the middle. There were definitely a couple books here and there that I was like, eh, I'm not hot on this. Like I still didn't love insomnia. Uh, I did really like Gerald's game, even though the, the girl I was dating told me that I would probably hate it. She also told me that I would dislike Dolores Claiborne and Rose Matter, probably. I was assuming at the time that she was saying right. that because I was a dude and I wouldn't, I wouldn't like them because I was a guy. Uh, I love Gerald's game. Um, I also liked Rose Matter. I did not love Dolores Claiborne. Mm. It was okay. It just wasn't wasn't my favorite. Um, but then you get into like the late some of the other later era stuff. Like you got your short story stuff, like you said. Uh, Bag of Bones, I really enjoyed. Like I'm trying to squint the <laughs> fucking see books across the room, and I just I can't do it. Uh, like, did you have any ones that you read and you were just like, oh, I don't for like? Me it was Gerald's game. Yeah. Was it Gerald's game? I feel like I'm the oddball with that book. Like, I feel like most people are like, yeah, it's it, whatever. And I'm like, I like Gerald. You know, I'm like the only fucking one. Got to be different. Yeah, you. His, like, I, I'm looking across, like I, like I said, I'm looking across the room and, like, you can see, like, his books just get bigger and fucking bigger and bigger as they go. Like, the Tommyknockers is massive and, uh, even Insomnia is huge. Like he got, I almost feel like he got a little bit harder for me to read as the books mm. got bigger and bigger. Like there's a lot, you got to flesh out a lot of shit there. Like your story better be on point. If you're going to give me like 1500 pages or something like that. Like, like the early stuff was fine. I didn't mind how big it was. And I didn't mind how big the stand was. Like it took me almost a fucking summer to read it, but you know, I didn't, I didn't care. 
Um, have you ever had any that you were like, I need to go back and read this? You mean for clarity? Yeah, or even just because like you, you maybe you weren't hot on it at first, or you didn't like it as much as you thought you would, and you wanted to see if you could give it another. I think for me, I'll, I have I haven't done it yet, but I definitely have to go back and read the Dark Towers. Okay, it's, I kind of pewtered off after the third book. Same with me, yeah. I feel like I didn't give them a fair shake. So I know most people, it's like that's yeah. their jam. That's their yeah. It's like the Bible, I know. Um, for me, and and I, I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off saying this. Like, I never finished them. I I read one through. I think I read the first. I think I read the four of them. The first four of them, and and like you, they they petered off. And then I I want to say somebody told me basically how right, that's it fair. ended. And I was like, okay, so it's fucking, it's a fucking non-ending. And, and then I was like, not into it at all. I was like, all right, I'm not finished this, if that's what it is. So whatever, Wolves of something, Why, yeah. that was the one I, I The Wolves of Kala, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to like him. I wanted to like him so much. Like, the first book is so fantastic. And the second one is still good. And the third one is eh, not my favorite, but it, it's also good. And then after that, it just felt like he wasn't quite sure where he was going with it. And just kind of, he kind of M-knighted it. Like, he added himself, basically, into it. And I was just, like, at that point, I was like, wait a minute. If you have to make yourself a character in your own book, like, that's a, that's a problem. So, all right. So, that, that, that about covers, I think, our... Uh, our knowledge on the books like we can go back to it at some point but i'll close it out by saying why don't you think that he translates the film easily isn't it because of the stream of consciousness stuff he does you can't i was very possible yeah it was so hard for comic books to make the thing is because you can't have inner dialogue right there's no inner dialogue on film yeah, that's very possible. If it's all internalized, it is hard to make a movie out of that. Because, like, The Shining is a good example with the movies. The TV movie tried to do the whole thing, and it, it just was boring. Yeah, and if, yeah, if we saw boring. how that turned out. You know, it wasn't... It doesn't... His writing style just doesn't lend itself. It, it just you doesn't lend. You think it would, because yeah. it's... You know, Basically, yeah, you would think it's very descriptive and I don't know. I think it probably falls under one of those things where like he's writing it. So it's his vision. So, you know, Mm. it's true to true to form. But then you get another you get a director in there and they see something a different way than he did or you as the reader did. And they make changes that you may or may not like. Which King has said, yeah. A couple of his movies, oh, well, I, one that I know of that he liked the director's vision was The Mist. Yeah, I I will give him credit. He is he's pretty fucking lenient on his like acceptance of people's interpretations Which is of his work. Because how much he hated the like, I think uh, The Shining. Yeah, like aside from The Shining, I think like I think he's pretty much been okay with all of the movies, except for Maximum Overdrive, which he made. But they say like, he was he like, directed I that. for the 
the whole time. Oh God, he was on so much <laughs> cocaine, yeah. And I actually really like that movie. I think it might have been the first Stephen King movie. It's like exploitation light type movie. I was little. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really it's is. I'm really elastic. Like, you don't care. Like, Where can we go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about him the other week. Re- reoccurring awesome. themes exploitation <laughs> and Emilio Estevez. <laughs> and Emilio Estevez. Wow. We just hit a we just hit an odd niche for our show, didn't we? <laughs> um right? It's funny that you brought up the shining because uh the other night we were trying to decide on a new movie to show the boy. Uh and he's at like that weird age where like he's kind of old enough for some things, but definitely not old enough for others, and trying to figure out where that line is is kind of difficult. Um so we were torn. We were like, all right, it's either going to be like we could maybe do The Shining. We thought about that one. And then we we opted to go with something else that I can't remember what it was at the moment. But it worked out better. But we watched The Shining without him afterwards. Now, this is the first time I've watched The Shining since we had that conversation about your vehement dislike of that movie. Um and uh, I, I want to go on record as saying uh, I agree with the vast majority of your points watching that movie back. Uh, it's just not. Uh, it's just not very good. Yeah, it's just it doesn't hold up the way that uh, I guess the way that I remembered it. I mean, you know, I, 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 I you had valid points. So when I was going into watching it, I was like, all right, I want to watch this and see, you know, how accurate he is with his gripes. And yeah, man, you were you were spot on, like, uh, especially the like Nicholson opens that movie crazy. Mm-hmm. Like he just opens it crazy. There's no gradual uh, deterioration of Jack Torrance's mental state. It's just, uh, hey, here's Jack Nicholson, and he's fucking crazy from uh, from point A to point B. He's never nice to his family. Uh, he's fucking rotten to Wendy, which I know he is in the book, but there was at least points in the book where you were like, all right, at some point he liked her. Uh, in mm-hmm. the movie, I don't get that at all. Um, I definitely don't get any kind of like like for the for the Danny character. Um, it's I think just is when we were talking about why you can't translate well. It's the internal deterioration of the of Jack Torrance character. In the yeah, book. it's hard to portray on the screen. So I think that's why Kubrick ended up going a different way. And then when that TV mo- movie showed us, hey, it's does it really work? Right, <laughs> right. That TV movie is like a cautionary tale of uh, of of how you can you can be faithful to the to the source material and still manage to fuck it up like mm. like the, the 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 kubrick version like i've always said is a is a terrible adaptation of a book but it's still a good movie you just have to completely distance it from the the original source material right like it just it I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of authors stuff works, but King's just, it, it doesn't always like you've, you've, I, I don't even think you've got a 50, 50 shot on King <laughs> movies. Sometimes I think if it's good, you better, you better buy every copy of that movie you, like that you, that you want because it's never, it might never happen again. You know, like I didn't see, uh, I didn't see the newer pet cemetery yet. I blind bought it, but it's not out yet. 
so mm. I, ha- I don't have my copy. Um, but I heard people that said they liked it, and then I heard people that were just absolutely just disappointed completely in the movie. So I don't even know what I'm getting myself into. Like I'm hopeful, but you can't you can't take that bet on Stephen King's stuff, really, especially the movies. Um, do you have any, do you have any King movies that stood out to you as ones that you were just like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, what is this shit? Um, was it Doppelgangers? The one, the Langoliers. Langoliers. Yes. Yes. That's, uh, just the the acting was everyone chewing the scenery and it was just, oh, oh, I feel like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Right. I don't, (laughs) I don't know why, but it feels like. It feels like in the 90s, everybody wanted to translate Stephen King to TV movies. Mm. And I don't know if it's because his material is so long that they felt like they needed to, uh, you know, have that kind of a forum, I guess would be the word. I don't know, uh, to to showcase his stuff in. But like the longer it got, the worse it got. Like, have you watched the Tommyknockers? Yeah, that was ugh, ugh. And I love Mark Helgenberg, and it she couldn't even save that movie for me. Like it was just so piss poor. And like you said, the Langoliers. Uh, no, no, at no point. Like I, I remember when I first got a DVD player, I was on like a mission to buy every Stephen King movie I could get my hands on. And I remember buying the Langoliers, and I had I didn't watch it when it was on TV originally. So this was like my first experience with the with the movie. And it I never watched it more than once. Let's just put it that way. Like it was it was awful. Like Bronson Pinchot was at a convention. Uh, I don't know if it, I don't think it was the last one. It might have been like the time before that they do one every like six months. And I was tempted to go up and just be like, man, just slap him. <laughs> right. Like, listen, Falky. The Langoliers wasn't good, and you should you should say sorry to people. Like I know it wasn't entirely your fault, but you own some of that problem. But then you had like uh, let's see, uh, let's see. There was the Tommyknockers, and there was the Langoliers. The Stand. Now, when the Stand came out, it was a that was a TV event. Right. That was like four damn nights. They busted each section into a night. And I, I loved it when it first came out. I absolutely loved it. And it was one of the very first DVDs that I bought because I was finally going to be able to have it on like, instead of like four VHS cassettes, it was going to be like one disc and like I was going to have to flip it over or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, over the years, like that has really stopped holding up. like there are so many issues with that movie between stuff that they just flat out didn't 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 use from the books or like the the kind of questionable casting like these were like people might look at that cast now and say like ugh, why bother but at the time that was a it was a hot cast like that was that was a a cast of like pretty well-known people and it was like they got on camera and 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 jen always says they got on camera and they forgot how to act (laughs) like gary sinise is a good actor uh not in that he's not like molly ringwald is a good actress not in that she's not uh it had parker lewis in it come on corin nemec uh and apparently he can lose (laughs) that was how they did it they just put him in that movie and he fucking lost um 
I'm excited about the the redo of that. I just saw some article the other day that it's going to start filming this summer. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that the cast will be uh, adequate and that the, mm. the story will actually be uh, taken care of. But I'm trying to think what else there was as far as like TV movie stuff go before I dip into like the theatrical stuff. I can't think of any more. Can you think of any more? Oh, yeah. oh wait, Bag of Bones was a Bag of Bones was a TV movie. That was terrible. Salem's Lot was a TV movie. Uh, I know people love that one. I think it's fucking awful. Uh, mm-hmm. And the and the 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 remake in the early 2000s was even worse. Um, what were you going to say? I said it. Oh yeah, it obviously. Uh, when was the last time you watched that? Been a while. It's been a while. Like the last time you saw it, did it hold up for you? Oh yeah, that's what everyone says. But it's basically just Tim Curry. Yeah, he kind of he kind of runs that whole movie. If it wasn't for him, now don't get me wrong. The first half of 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 the movie when they're kids is is much better. Um. I liked the casting to a certain extent. You know, it had Seth Green in it, uh, mm. who I always thought should have been brought back as the adult Richie Tozier. Right. Uh, but I, I, you know, apparently I was the only one that thought that one was a good idea. But to me, it just felt like uh, like a nice nod. And it's not like he's a bad actor, so you could totally use him. Uh, but I'm, they, what they went with, what, Bill Hader? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. He's fine. I'm not going to complain about that. Like, he'll be he'll be fine. Um, but the second half of that is absolutely hideous. Like it is one of the boy's very favorite horror movies. And it was one of his first. Um, he will. I gave him my copy when I when I rebought it on Blu-ray and he will watch the first half. And like I for I think for every six times he watches the first half, he watches the second half like once. And I'm not even positive that he actually watches the entire thing. I think he just watches until he gets tired and then he just wanders off to do something else. Um, I feel like there was, oh, I'm, I'm missing a huge one. Storm of the Century, which King actually wrote the teleplay for. And I don't think it was a novel. I think the only thing you could buy was like the script book. I think that was the only version of it that there was as far as like reading. Uh, not great. Like... <laughs> Uh, you know, the the constant, just give me what I want and I'll go away. And I like after like 45 minutes of the movie, I'm like, just give him what he fucking wants, please. Like, just let him go away. Like, I just want this to be over. I feel bad because like King wrote that. And it's almost like he can't even translate his own stuff to, mm. to, to screen. And I think it's probably what what you said, like the the, the whole internalized conflict does not lend itself to film so i don't know about that but uh all right so enough negative let's talk about some positives (laughs) then um let's start from the beginning carrie which is was that brian de palma i think Mm. i think de palma did carrie uh like i i almost feel like your your original early 80s king movies they're not so bad uh carrie's good i like christine uh a great deal. I always thought it was a fun movie. Um, let's see. Firestarter. Eh, I don't like Drew Barrymore. Making her young doesn't help. Um, <laughs> like, oh, isn't she cute? No, no. She can't act her way out of a wet paper bag. Um, she let's was see. an E.T. She was an E.T. She was. 
Yeah, so that's a thing. <laughs> um, uh, the Dead Zone with Christopher Walken. You've got uh, did I say Pet Cemetery? No, I mentioned the old one, the new one rather. Uh, so you got Pet Cemetery, which uh, I feel like people are like pretty split on that movie. I know just as many people that love that movie as I do that hate it. Mm. Um, and and that movie is one of the few movies that to this day still like gives me the Wiggins a little bit. Um, the kid, I can't stand the way the kid looks when he gets, when he gets all like, you know, undead and evil. Uh, it still creeps me out. And the sister Zelda with her, with her, what does she have? Meningitis, Do you have spinal meningitis. Yeah, yeah. And she's all twisted. And uh, the guy that played Zelda should have gotten an Academy award simply because that was one of the most horrifying roles I think I've ever seen filmed. Mm. Like it's just, it just legitimately scares me to this day. And I'm kind of, I'm a little nervous about the new one. Like Zelda was such a frightening character. Like I want them to do it justice <laughs> and I want it to be right. Um, let's see what other King movie? like, well, what do you got? Like, what are your favorite like movie movies, like non TV? Hmm. Well, the, probably the new it. Oh, Shawshank Redemption. Stand by me. Yeah, his lesser, like his his non horror stuff, really seems to lend well. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, Stand by Me, Shawshank, Green Mile, uh, The Mist. Although I guess that's kind of horrory. Yeah, I think the safe bet for Stephen King is just to let Frank Darabont do it. Pretty much. <laughs> like if you put him in front of it, you're like, well, it's going to at least be watchable. Like it may not be, it may not hold up to the source material, but it's going to be watchable. It'll be fine. Um, I dug the new it quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, it might've been like one of my top horror movies of that year. Like it just felt like such a well done. You could tell that they loved the source material and you could tell that, with the the updates in technology now, which I feel a lot of times held King back as far as his movies go. Um, It looked fantastic. I know a lot of people were a bit fucking chuffed about Tim Curry not being in it, but I thought, uh, is it, which Skarsgård is it? Is it Alexander Skarsgård or is it? No, it's Bill Skarsgård. There's like, there's like 10 of them. So I can, (laughs) I get confused sometimes. Uh, yeah, Bill Skarsgård did a fantastic job. Like the whole, just the way he talked and the way he would move. And like, I don't know if how, have you watched that movie like uh, more than once? Like, yeah. have you watched it a few times? Yeah. Did you notice that you pick up on more shit that he does in character? Like as you watch it, like little things, like the way he fucking moves his mouth, or there's a scene. I want to say it's the Georgie scene where there's just this big wad of fucking saliva yeah. that comes to, Oh God damn. Um, legitimately like a, a scary movie. Like who would have thought considering I've read the book and seen the original numerous times that uh, a new version would, would shake me up the way it did. Like I took the boy to it. Um, he wanted to see it in a big, bad way. And, uh, we held off. We were like, no, we're going to go see it first to make sure it's okay. Uh, and that you won't be too fucking scared about it. Uh, and just one Saturday I was like, I'm taking him to see it. And, uh, I didn't tell him until we got there and we sat down in the theater and I was like, all right, man, are you ready for this? 
He was all excited. Like I have never seen him so pumped <laughs> for a fucking movie. He was ready. <laughs> and that opening scene, like that opening sequence where 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 Georgie gets his arm bit off and pulled into the pulled into the I'm, I'm not if I'm spoiling this for anybody like just watch the damn movie like right? you should you should know about this stuff by now right uh I I had I had obviously seen the movie before so I know what's coming so I spent that scene pretty much <laughs> watching watching him and you know he was a little he was a little tense when when Pennywise popped up and started talking because there's a like Tim Curry was of course evil and and all that but there's a there's a bit more evil to 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 Bill Skarsgård Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise mm-hmm. and uh man it grabbed a hold of his arm and it opened his mouth and bit him and he yelled and I looked at the boy and his fucking face was like three shades whiter than it had been like <laughs> seconds before and i watched him <laughs> yeah I, it's it that's exactly the face the what the fuck did i get myself into face um and he sunk down into his seat and i had to ask him like if he was gonna be okay <laughs> like that's how scared he was like are you gonna be okay and he nodded at me that he was going to be fine, but I didn't believe it. Like it was definitely the look of somebody that's like, I'm going to be fine right before they pee their pants. Um, but he, he was a trooper. He made it through the whole movie. He had two days worth of nightmares uh, afterwards. And my mom was really annoyed with me that I took him to see that. She was like, Aaron, he was too young for that movie. You should have known better. And I was like, Oh, fuck it. He's going to, you know, he's got to learn somewhere. Like, he's got to shake the scare off somewhere and better to have me in the room with him while he's doing it. Um, <laughs> and now he's fine. Like now he has like, uh, fra- like pictures of Pennywise in his room and shit like that. So I, I, I probably should apologize in advance to future generations. Cause I don't know what I've unleashed on the world. Like this, this could go horribly wrong. Um, we'll have to worry about girls in his room, you know? Right. Well, <laughs> not just, just parts, just parts of them, I guess. <laughs> I was going that dark. I was just talking about the right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I stepped. I stepped way over it, didn't I? Oh, is that the line? Fuck it. Here we go. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other Stephen King's. Misery is a fantastic film, mm. uh, but again, not horror in the strictest sense. Um, fourteen oh eight. Probably huh? more horror now. If- like you're a famous yes. YouTube star or anything who gets creepy. Yeah, yeah. Creepy any check. kind of celebrity that probably rings true now. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. Please don't don't say that. Please don't say that. Um 1408, the with John Cusack. Really good ghost movie. I can I highly recommend it to anybody out there that's like, what's this fucking movie? Mm-hmm. Uh it's definitely worth watching. But then on the flip side, right? Like you got John Cusack in 1408. Uh, and then he did the the cell movie, the movie, the 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 Stephen King cell phone book story that I never read. Uh, and it was a piece of trash like that movie is garbage in every single way. Um, I didn't even I obviously like I said, I didn't even know the story. And now I don't want to. Like It was so bad that I was just like, I don't I don't care. Never mind. We're good. Um, what did you think about the Dark Tower movie? Oh, just they had no identity it wasn't right i just it didn't feel like it definitely didn't feel like the dark tower 
No. And it just went nowhere and it was boring. Yeah, it just kind of meandered and like you never got a chance to really invest in any of the characters or anything. And it felt like they were trying to do too much. Like they had all this. Even touch that movie in a book or that book in a movie. It should have. If you were going to make a movie out of that, it should have been animated. I feel like that would have lent itself much better to to that kind of story. And the thing that upsets me the most about the Dark Tower is that I really enjoyed the casting. Yeah, Uh, I mean, I would never complain about Idris Elba in any movie. He's fantastic. So to have him cast as Roland, I was like, holy shit, this is perfect. Uh, And then they they sweetened the pot by putting McConaughey in it. And I am a giant Matthew McConaughey fan. Uh, so this was like, like, oh, he's going to be in it. Oh, and he's the man in black. You got to be kidding me. Like, I was all over it. And I thought I thought they were good. I thought they were fine with the with what they'd been given. But uh, the movie itself was just like you said, it was just empty. And there was all the little like subtle nods to other books in there. And I had that moment where I was like, are they going to try and use this? as a way to make like a Stephen King universe. Cause that's the big thing now, like Marvel made a universe. So now everybody has to have some right. form of cinematic universe. <laughs> um, thankfully thus far, they haven't done it. And I can't imagine that it was successful enough to get a sequel. So I guess in another 10 years, we'll probably get a reboot of the dark tower and fingers crossed. It'll be, it'll be better. Hmm. But uh, let's see. And then there's like oddball ones. Like there's a Dolores Claiborne movie, uh, which I don't think I've ever watched. Um, the short story stuff, I think, kind of works better, I guess. I don't know why you would think like there's less to it. So maybe it would be a little harder to do. But no, I dig it. Uh, you know, like I said, I thought the I thought trucks made a really good version of uh, Maximum Overdrive. However, there is a movie called Trucks, which is a adaptation of the of the short story. Uh, and it is terrible. So if you see that, go the other way. <laughs> like, don't stop on it. Don't pick it up. Don't be like, oh, what's this? Ha ha ha. Don't because now your hand is infected. And uh, and and what are you going to do? Um, I'm trying to think what other stuff they had for short stories that that worked obviously the mist obviously stand by me uh what did you think of apt pupil it was okay it was i don't think the subject matter was great for a movie no probably not i feel like do you feel like a movie like that or a or an adaptation of a story like that would do better now given, like, the current political climate. Fuck, throw it all out and just make them, like, a Proud Boy member or something. Right? It would just be a fucking documentary at this point. (laughs) Make them proud. Yeah, exactly. Make them Proud Boys or something like that, and you don't even have to go with the Nazi thing. This is where you shove Um, the dildo up your ass to own the liberals. (laughs) That'll do it. You got them, pal. (laughs) Has there been any... Has there been any stories or books that you've read that you feel should be made into a into a movie? Um, I was trying to remember the name of it, but it's the one where the author goes to a small town 
convention type thing. Yeah. And it turns into a conspiracy for murdering a serial killer family. Oh. A collection was in. Yeah, I can't remember. I know the story that you're talking about, but. But that would have been a good. That could be a good movie, I think. Yeah. Especially with a strong female lead, an older female lead. Yeah. I think it would touch a lot of subject matter that would do well. Because it was written more like a movie. Right. I don't know why. I always I always kind of wanted to see the Sundog get made into. Like, a sh- like even just a short film mm. or something like that. Like, I don't... I only read the story maybe once or twice. Uh, and I know it... I know it's about, like, a camera. That I don't even remember like the basic plot of the story, but I remember reading it and thinking to myself, like, man, I would love to see this as a movie, which which firmly cements that they will never make it into one. But, you know. Hmm. Do you. uh do you have a favorite Stephen King cameo? He was like the original Stan Lee. I was always a fan. I, I liked it when he popped up in the stand, but I think that was probably because it felt like less of a cameo and more of just a small role. Um, mm. Like it wasn't just one scene. Uh, in terms of just one scene stuff, I thought he, I thought it was cool that he was the preacher in Pet Cemetery. Right. What you know, doing Gage's yeah. Gage's funeral or whatever. Yeah, that was pretty good. What's your uh, what's your thoughts on Cujo the movie? I don't like it. I don't like I it don't either. Like animals. Yeah, I saw an Old Yeller. That's enough. Yeah, for that kind of stuff. And I feel like that movie, especially, there are giant chunks of that that you f- couldn't feasibly make into a film. Like, there's sections of that book that are taken from the dog's point of view, like the dog speaking to itself in his mind and like, as he's slowly, you know, being overcome by rabies and everything like it, it, it just felt like they focused more on uh, the mom and the son who I hate. Mm. Uh, I've (laughs) never, I've like, I haven't heard that much screaming, like obnoxious screaming in a film that didn't star Sherry moon zombie. (laughs) <laughs> like it was that level of shrill please let these characters die and i think i said it on like one of the, the one of the horror episodes where i said like every time i watch that movie i'm really disappointed that this time the dog didn't make it <laughs> because i want to say in the book the kid dies i'm pretty sure the kid died in the book like i don't know why i, I obviously i know why because we live in america and you got to have a happy ending uh, but for me, that was a happy ending. Like, you know, the dog died. You knew the dog was going to die anyway. Uh, but yeah, take kid too. Go ahead. It's fine. Um, I'm see, trying to think. Uh, are you... Like, this will probably lead into next week's episode, which is going to be re- the remake phenomenon. Um, do you feel that in this case... Stephen King movies being remade has actually been a good thing. I think I think there's the new generation of 
directors and writers and horror horror aficionados that have mm. come out to be able to craft the movies. Yeah, you know, and they're not they're not handcuffed by the miniseries on TV right. format, and they can explore darker themes that he does in the books. And I think we're seeing people who saw the originals and can understand the mistakes that were made and yeah. how to better them and then how to make their own touch on it. And I think as an audience, sometimes we have to let go of the source material. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to stuff as beloved as Stephen King is, yeah. and it's hard to do that. Well, I mean, he's so he's so good at just writing characters that he, that you either completely detest because you know somebody exactly like them or you can completely identify with. And I, I, I get the anger. Like when you go see a movie about something that you, you, you care deeply about and it's vastly different than what you were expecting it to be like of course you're going to get a little bit disappointed. Like I'm not going to lie and say I've never watched a Stephen King movie and been like horribly disappointed in it, but I don't get the, just the, the, the starting out at hatred for this new run of King stuff. Like if anything, like you should be excited about it. Like who looks back on, who looks back on the original pet cemetery and, and doesn't realize that it's full of errors. Like it was limited in what it could do because of technology at the time. It was, it was limited in what you could do because just audiences were different then. And like now you're getting a chance to see it in potentially maybe a, a way that would give you a, a fresh take on it. Like I know they changed up some stuff and that's not always a bad thing. And if King, if Stephen King himself doesn't seem to have a problem with it, you should sit down. Right. Like if the man who made these stories and created these characters has no issue with, with what's being done to his story and his character. And in some cases, like you'd said, uh, is, is, is not only supportive, but says that the, the director's version was maybe better than his version I feel like that takes all the wind out of your argument. Like you should just fucking calm down and, 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 and I don't know, don't see it if you don't want to, like, there's no, there's no law that says you have to go see it. And there's no, there's no magic wand that like when a Stephen King remake comes out, that that means there is no longer the original that you may have liked. Like Mm. it's still there. You can still watch it. And in some cases it means you're going to get a shiny new remastered version. (laughs) <laughs> because now they want to sell it so stop being complainy people i need better versions of stuff that i have on dvd and this is maybe my only way of getting it <laughs> so you're just gonna have to go with it how do you feel like uh joe hill oh, i love him I right love i feel like he is the about. absolute logical progression from his father hmm like not only does he look exactly like him, but the, he writes so similar that it, it's almost kind of scary at times. Like I know you weren't hot on the adaptation of Horns. No, I was going to mention that. Though. Yeah, I know. I know you hated that. Um, I didn't, but I also didn't read the book, mm. 
So I didn't have any kind of preconceived notion going in. Uh, and then AMC has been showing uh, Nosferatu. Well, I, was, I thought that was coming out as a movie. No, 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 no. They made a show out of it. And oh. uh, it's fucking amazing. Like, I'm hooked. I did not read the story. Jen read it, was a big fan of it. Uh, all I knew was that the show was coming out and that we were going to watch it because for obvious reasons, we were going to watch it. Um I'm hooked, dude. Like it records on Sunday and it's one of the few shows that I don't really let sit on the DVR. Like Monday comes and I'm like, <laughs> all right, here we go. We watching Nosferatu. Uh, maybe it helped. Like, I don't read any, I've haven't read any kind of uh, reviews of it or anything. So I don't know what people think of it for the most part. Um, I just know that I never read the source material and I think it's fucking fantastic. Like characters are good. The, uh, it feels like Stephen King to me, which I guess would make fucking sense. But uh, Jen was telling me like they do nods to each other in their books. Right. Like, oh, or uh, Joe King will Joe Hill will. Uh, will reference stuff about Stephen King and Stephen King will reference stuff about like that's the most wholesome relationship I think I've ever fucking seen. Well, I like the fact that he did not. Give it out that he was his son. Right. So he wrote multiple books and made yep. his own career, which I just got to have a lot of respect for that. Like it, you have the option of basically getting the keys to the kingdom handed to you. Though looking at his. Yeah, pictures, it's like you could. You How could, could you not know who he you're was? From, you're from Maine and you look like Stephen King. You, yeah. Explaining to do to his wife or your son. Right. <laughs> like, I don't like, how are you hiding it? Like, it's like when Clark Kent would put on fucking glasses and all of a sudden he wasn't Superman anymore. Like you see, it's the same guy, right? Like it's just fucking glasses. But uh, yeah, that was the career of Joe Hill. He just made his own way. And, and now that everybody knows, like now it doesn't matter. Like we already know that he's a good writer. So now you can almost enjoy it more. Like you're not like, well, he just made it because of who he is. Like, yeah, he made it because of who he is, a talented writer. And he also did comic Lock and Key, which is going to be on Netflix. Oh, wow. It was a graphic novel first. And if you like Lovecraftian type themes, Mm -hmm. it definitely will scratch that itch. It's a really good book. And I was, I didn't love the ending because it felt kind of abrupt, but. Okay. I don't know if it was abrupt or if I missed like the final issue, <laughs> which is possible. It was abrupt for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just, I just saw something. He's starting a horror comic line with through DC. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping for some like creep show type stuff. I think that could be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And shutter uh, is working on a creep show series with uh i'm gonna fucking forget his name greg nicotera hmm. the guy that does all the the zombie effects for the walking dead is doing this this creep show show for shutter it's gonna be like a tales from the crypt kind of thing so hmm. i'm all over that <laughs> uh but yeah that uh that will wrap us up yeah yeah so uh that was our episode on uh, on Stephen King. Now, now the funny thing about this episode was, uh, in in true King fashion, it was not it was not without its uh, 
without its curse, so to speak. Mm. Uh, this this episode took us two days to record because my internet and computer decided to 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 fucking die on us while we were recording. Uh, so and and having to record upstairs, which has just been like a weird way to set up. So if it sounds a little different, I apologize, uh, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, we uh, we love giving you the content that you love. Uh, <laughs> We hope you we hope you enjoy it. But uh, Mike, if the people wanted to find you on social media, where would they go to do it? Quick note: that short story I was talking about was called "Big Driver." It's from Full Dark No Stars. Oh, okay. So that's that. But you can find me on Twitter as How We Saw It Mike at Medic Five by Five. And you can find me on Twitter at a Thomas 1978. Uh, I also would recommend following Stephen King on Twitter. You would think considering he's an older gentleman that maybe social media would not be his thing. Uh, that dude is golden on Twitter <laughs> and every bit worth the follow. You will not regret it. <laughs> uh, so until next time, everyone, thank you. And we will see you next week. Mike, tell everybody goodbye. Good night, everybody. Later, y'all.